We've got some companies to discuss, though. OnSemi with earnings is trying to give some support to chip makers after the group suffered last week as tech companies faded. Despite some good numbers from Qualcomm and others in the chip space, we've got Kevin Green joining us this morning. Kevin, how you doing, sir? Doing pretty good, Oliver. How about yourself? I'm trying to wake up here. I got my coffee, and I am going to need more than 20 bips, though, to get excited in this market. Uh, VIX is on the move a little bit. We're at $34 jamming higher here. Bond yields are on the move. It feels like it's a very macro week, even though we're going to talk some stocks with Jay Powell on Wednesday. I guess it's hard not to have that as kind of the main focus. Yeah, there's no way around that right now. Obviously, we're all focusing on what the Fed is going to be able to do. And then also looking at some of the uh, non-farm payrolls that come out on Friday as well. That will be the focus. You're talking about the VIX right now at 34. We're probably going to continue to see a little bit of a heightened VIX for the next two or three days here uh, as we get the news from the Fed. And the Fed's going to have to walk a very tight line, unfortunately, Oliver. I mean, if you come out, uh, we're expecting a 50 basis point hike. Uh, for this meeting, uh, the market's also looking at a 50 basis point hike in June, uh, but you got to have pretty much a hawkish tone to, to maybe increase that to 75 basis points in June for the market to potentially rally here, even though it's going to potentially uh, put us in, in, into a recession. Uh, we just had uh, the last uh, GDP numbers that came out. Uh, we were negative, so all you need is two quarters of negative uh, GDP uh, to have a technical recession here. Uh, so unfortunately, it looks like that's probably gonna be the case uh, that comes around, but the Fed's gonna have to walk a very tight line, and this volatility is probably gonna continue for uh, the foreseeable future. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's talk some stocks here uh, on Simi kicking us off for earnings and uh, looks like a pretty clean double beat to up a couple percent. Stock's been really trying to hold on to just above 50 bucks now. Last week we saw that chip makers had some support from Qualcomm and uh, Western Digital too, but still too much selling in NVIDIA and the growth names and uh, chips did make a new low on the year last week. What do you think about these on earnings? Uh, it's a pretty interesting company with some exposure to some of the big growth themes. It is. It's actually, uh, I mean, I'm actually a little bit surprised by the earnings and the mute response from the marketplace. You're talking about $1.18 uh, earnings per share compared to what they did a year ago at 20 cents. I mean, that's just outstanding growth. 49% increase in growth margins. I mean, overall, uh, cash flow margin at 20.8%. I mean, they're in the right markets here. You're talking about automotive. Uh, you're talking about the industrial space, uh, you know, the EV space, if you will. I mean, those are going to be growth areas in this market that's going to uh, weather this storm when it comes to a recession or even an economic depression and, and in certain markets here. Uh, but the long-term growth for the EV space and the semi space is just going to be astronomical. So very uh, interesting earnings to say the least. A mute response from the street. I just find that to be very interesting. Uh, the guidance didn't, that they put out didn't look too bad. Um, in my opinion. So uh, I'm not sure why uh, it's a mute response. Maybe it's just caution uh, that the overall market's looking at and some traders just might want to uh, stay on the sidelines for now until they see how the broader market pans out here. Yeah, well said. Uh, just tough really to, I guess, uh, believe that uh, quality numbers will lead to higher price uh, until you see it when it comes to tech businesses. Again, I referenced Qualcomm from last week because if uh, there was one company that could have turned some of the narrative around, I thought it was going to be Qualcomm. Uh, I mean, Apple, too, had uh, great numbers, frankly, um, and still sold off. Uh, and they're making their own chips now, too. So I guess technically they're somewhat of a chip maker. Um, but uh, on semi with the EV connection, you know, tons of potential here. 
uh, but also a sector for EVs that have been in a rut for a year with the exception of Tesla. Uh, so it's still done better, I guess, relative to kind of some of its end customer to some degree. Uh, looking at Lamb down a little bit after last week, uh, AMD and NVIDIA trying to firm up here. Uh, but to your point, not exactly taken off. Still 3% pretty good relative to its peers. Uh, NASDAQ flips negative, futures flip negative too. Uh, speaking of EVs, we got some numbers out from NEO and uh, 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 Xpeng2, some of the Chinese uh, automakers. Uh, what do you, th you think about these figures, Kevin? Interesting. So we had Xpeng that came out. They delivered 9,000 smart EVs. We had Neo that also delivered uh, 5,074 vehicles. And you also had Li Auto uh, that delivered 4,167. So, I mean, they actually had some pretty decent numbers. You're going to start seeing these climb. You probably see a little bit of a, a plateau here uh, for the foreseeable future until we figure out the COVID-19 lockdowns out in uh, China. That's going to have a major impact on a lot of the demand for the EV space. If you can't drive around, you can't walk around, uh, it's going to be hard to buy a car, right? So, that might be something that puts a little bit of pressure on the in the near term, but overall, you're starting to see some growth in some of these uh, these players. I mean, obviously, the the production levels are not what we are seeing really with Tesla, but uh, there's some some pretty good growth areas here in some of those names. Okay, uh, tough uh, trade for these. The the numbers have not really mattered for these uh, trends. Lee kind of looks a little bit better uh, than uh, Neo or uh, Xpeng, but. Um, Man, just uh, really difficult when you've got deliveries uh, for X paying up 75%. Uh, I mean, just a, a really big uh, a gain, selling about 3,500 uh, vehicles uh, at NEO, uh, 5,000 vehicles, and uh, a backlog that keeps, um, you know, a, a building. But it's just a brutal, brutal response. I mean, there's nothing to dislike. I mean, the companies are growing, they're doing what they're supposed to do selling more cars is there something i'm missing here or is this just a market uh punishing stocks that are already in a downtrend I don't think it's so much punishing stocks. I mean, if we look at the EV space, they have some pretty significant headwinds. Obviously, you need the consumer to continue to spend. Okay. Uh, so the hope is that they're going to be able to continue to spend throughout uh, Q2, Q3, and then obviously Q4 of this year. That's one thing. You also have lithium issues. So lithium, the price of lithium has just gone through the roof. Uh, and that could actually uh, you know, amount to about 30%, 35% of the overall car. The battery itself is 35% of a car, uh, of an average uh, cost of an EV at this point in time for, for a lot of these automakers so you see that that lithium price continuing to go up that's going to hit your margins that's going to hit your bottom line and if you cannot get the actual uh raw materials to get and develop these evs then it's going to be hard to also deliver so you don't want to see that backlog number go too high it's nice to be able to see it from a demand standpoint mm, but if you true. can't deliver consumers can also look up elsewhere and that uh, could have an impact on on top line and, and bottom line growth you know uh, uh to your point the uh uh, there's an exception here, which is Xpeng. I mean, Neo and Lee year over year numbers are way down. Uh, so uh, the two out of three here, pretty negative uh, to your point about those headwinds. So I think maybe some of the consumer problem there too, uh, in China specifically, uh, where we just saw this morning, PMI sub 50, gonna be hard to get uh, sales of uh, big ticket items ramping up uh, in that situation. Uh, so, uh, uh, Neo looking uh, particularly weak, I think, of the bunch. Uh, seems like kind of the worst performer to some degree, which is, um, you know, frustrating for those who were uh, sold Neo as the, the Tesla alternative. I mean, none of these stocks have gotten even close 
So Tesla uh, still far and away here the leader. Uh, let's talk some other Chinese companies, Baba and a few others. Uh, looks like analysts are still pretty bearish on this group. Some price target cuts. Uh, we did see a rally at the end of the week, though, in uh, big tech China as the uh, government made some overtures, uh, continuing to try and uh, jawbone the market. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we had Mizuho. Uh, they came out. They actually changed their price targets uh, for actually all three of these companies. So Baba, they changed it. Uh, it was at $180, moved it down to $160. Uh, Baidu, they moved it from $300 down to $285, and then JD uh, moved it from $100 down to $90, and they cited pretty much the same headwinds. The COVID-19 lockdowns uh, were going to be the biggest uh, challenge for a lot of these names, not only from a supply chain situation, but also from a consumer spending uh, issue as well. So it's hard to really navigate COVID-19. They, they kind of talked about it's not really a structural issue, right? That's one of those things that uh, is really outside of the norm. It's something that you can actually control. So seeing some pretty, pretty decent overtures from China uh, over the weekend. Uh, and obviously we're seeing a little bit of a price uh, movement to the upside. And then you know what, uh, Oliver, I would say that you know there might be some traders out there that are looking at some of these uh, Chinese names and, and saying, okay, well, if the US economy is gonna slow down, maybe some of these Chinese companies will actually have a little bit of a pop first before the United States uh, economy or equity uh, in some of these names uh, actually pop so they might be looking at a short-term bounce here i mean just the levels have been oversold if you even look at the k web that hasn't been a great chart at all as well and that has all three of these names in it so it might be uh an area where traders may think it might be a little bit oversold may look for a short-term op uh, opportunity but it's a very tough landscape in china to navigate the regulatory uh uh pressures that they have out there really is and uh, it seems like that's kind of what we keep defaulting to is the general uh, theme for this because of that deep uh, and committed conviction downtrend as we see in K-Web. What's pretty wild about this is flows keep going in. I've looked at the data and we've had the team on from Crane Shares. The flows keep going into these ETFs. They keep going down. Same thing's happening with ARK K2 where money keeps going in, but the price keeps going lower. So it's like conviction is building uh, in these uh, uh, trends, uh, which I also kind of speaks to the uh, failed attempt by the Chinese government really to uh, instill some confidence in markets here uh, because there's a lot of people that think as soon as a central bank starts to get dovish that everything turns around that's the Chinese central bank is done it's not working it hasn't worked as a, at this point in time, but Oliver, I think they're making a very strategic move against some of these other Western com uh, countries, if you will. They're trying to discount Definitely. and devalue to try to push up the, the labor demand uh, and try to push up their manufacturing side of their, their country here. And that's going to be very important for Qi. I mean, they also have, uh, you know, some elections coming up. Uh, later this year as well. So there's there's maybe some things going on right now from a political standpoint, and the market might just be uh, a little bit skittish to say, oh, is this just short-lived for you to get through the remainder of this year, figure out what your Congress is going to look like, and then are you going to go back to the crackdown stance that we've seen uh, all too often for the last year or two years here? Uh, so yeah, it's very interesting to see the inflows coming in. The stocks are still going down. Uh, there's a lot of option trading going on on these stocks as well, so a lot of bearish activity that could also depress these stocks. But Oliver, as you know, sometimes it only just takes one or two news events uh, for the bears to be, you know, <laughs> wiped out, if you will, and have to, to cover their shorts. And that could just make a stock rally to the upside fairly quickly. So just one thing to kind of watch right now, there is a little bit of a buildup. 
it's just a matter of time probably until we see a break to the upside um, on some on some decent news from China. Okay. All right. They tried to do it last week, so we'll see if uh, there's a little attempt and some follow through. Hey, Mr. Green, before we let you go, weigh in on uh, Jay Powell. Are we getting 50 and then language for another 50, or is he going to try and back down his Tony here this week? I don't think he's going to back down his tone right now. I think you're going to see 50. If you saw 75, that would be an interesting move to see. Uh, I would say the tone probably will shift to maybe a 75 basis point move to the upside here in June. Uh, and I think the market's kind of straddling out between 50 and 75 at this point in time. And, you know, you have the CME Fed watch tool. It's a great tool. Those probabilities will change as we have saw them change all too quickly uh, after a Fed meeting. So just keep your eyes open here. Balance sheet runoff, Oliver, is going to be the key. I think they'll probably accelerate that first before they try to put up uh, 75 basis point rate heights at this point. All right. Good stuff. Appreciate it, Kevin. Nice uh, beginning to our stock analysis here this week. Thank you, sir. Uh, Kevin Green joining us from Charles Schwab.